So find the most um, comfortable posture. The goal of the Buddhist training <coughs> is that complete self-reliance in which the mind is free of that sense of lack and incompleteness <coughs> which is feature of the unenlightened mind. So we, we seek to find a, a posture, a sitting posture, which models that or prepares the mind for that sense of stillness and independence and self-reliance. So we sit in a way in which the, the body is straight, um, but without being stiff, one which we're not leaning or depending on anything outside of ourselves. So as, as you sit in that self that um, independent style, then have a feel for what that might be to realize that sense of stillness and completeness. Now, although the things that appear at the sense doors will always be fluctuating and changing, stillness is found in the sense of knowing. So we're seeking to cultivate the knowing the awakened, awake quality of the mind. So all different meditation techniques and skillful means that we employ, that we employ are intended to create, to stabilize clarify the sense of knowing. So meditation is an effort to create, sustain, clear, bright sense of knowing in the present moment. If we conceive the goal of meditation to be peace, then it's very likely that we'll be aiming at an idea of peace. And our ideas of peace generally revolve around the idea of not thinking or not being disturbed by anything. 
the problem with that way of looking at meditation is that once we go through that storm of agitation, agitation and come out the other side, the mind grasps onto that freedom from agitation, attaches to it, and loses the sense of knowing. And the mind becomes dull. And this may indeed be, conventionally speaking, a, a more peaceful state of mind, but it is one which is infected by dullness and unknowing. So in our meditation practice, we put the emphasis on the effort <clears throat> for right efforts. How can we create a relationship between the heart, the mind, the sense of knowing and the object, in this case the breath, in such a way that we can prevent the hindrances from arising. It's the first challenge. Given that that is very difficult to achieve, we must also develop the ability to deal with hindrances that have already arisen in the most skillful way possible. We're also seeking to systematically develop wholesome dhammas within the heart, mindfulness, clear comprehension, patience, resilience. And as the, the mind becomes more clear, more bright, more still, then we need to develop the skills to care for those wholesome dhammas and to develop them even further, not to be satisfied with the first preliminary fruits of meditation, but always seeking to push on, push further before the Buddha's enlightenment, the quality of mind that he, he said was the most important precursor to his enlightenment was that discontent with his achievements, always pushing on further and further and further. So understanding this practice of one of putting forth effort to prevent the arising of hindrances that have not yet arisen, to deal skillfully with hindrances that have arisen, to cultivate wholesome dhammas, to care for and further develop wholesome dhammas that have already 
um, appeared in the mind. Now to achieve this kind of effort, we need chanda. Chanda means uh, enthusiasm, interest, commitment. And at the beginning of a meditation session, we need to check whether this quality of the heart is present or not, because without it, meditation will very soon founder. If the mind is lacking in, in chanda, in, in interest, devotion, commitment, enthusiasm, then we have to devote some time to bringing it up into the mind. And we learn topics and themes and um, teachings that inspire us, in particularly inspire us with the need for and the value of meditation. Perhaps we may consider some of the great teachers and to consider that they realized the Dhamma, the wisdom, the compassion, the peace that they express and experience is the result of a training. They weren't born that way. It's not a gift or a blessing, but something they achieved through right effort. And as they achieved it, those great monks, those great nuns, those great practitioners, um, as they achieved it through practice of the Eightfold Path, so can we. Consider the, the suffering, the pain in our lives that we have experienced through a lack of internal discipline, a lack of restraint, a lack of clarity of mind, a lack of compassion, and that unless we cultivate our minds, unless we train our minds, the, we will be repeating these same mistakes and experiencing the same kind of suffering again and again and again, not only in this life but in future lives. The only way out is through cultivation of the Eightfold Path. So we, we find particular reflections, particular um, recollections that inspire us. Because the meditation will be uh, profound and penetrative when it is based upon this strong emotional commitment to it. The intellectual assent is not enough. And we make a firm dedication and remind ourselves 
this is not the time to take delight in, to enjoy thoughts, memories of the past or of the future. This is not the time to mull over family problems, private problems, the world's problems, all the things that we want to think about in meditation or are tempted to think about. We have plenty of time outside meditation to think about. So we're learning this inner um, integrity and discipline when we can turn off our interest in all those u- our usual preoccupations. It's not to say they won't pop up into our mind, but uh, what we can take responsibility for is whether or not we welcome those thoughts into our mind, whether we uh, delight in them or indulge in them. So we make it very clear right at the beginning of meditation that whatever uh, thought, whatever memory, whatever kind of imagination or fantasy starts to arise in our mind, we will not give it a home, will not delight in it, will not feed it. Now the meditation on the breath is meditation employed by the Lord Buddha himself, countless numbers of enlightened beings, men and women, monastics and lay people, have realized the Dhamma through this practice. So it's a very powerful meditation. But um, if we start to apply our attention to the breath at the tip of the nose, nostril for instance, while the mind is still in quite a coarse state, then uh, it can be very frustrating meditation. So if you are an an adept or you've been meditating for a long time and you can um, establish attention at a particular point in the body such as the tip of the nose at will, then that's wonderful. But if your mind is not yet accustomed to that, doesn't it's still some resistance, then we can begin by being aware of cultivating the sense of wakefulness, clarity, bright knowing, by being aware of the sensations in the body, in different areas of the body, um, which manifest together with the in-breath and with the out-breath. So we can divide the body into four areas. First is the head and neck. So as we breathe in, breathe out, be aware of all the sensations, whatever sensation arises in the head, face, neck area. 
without like, dislike, grasping on, pushing away, with equanimity, recognizing, acknowledging whatever sensation is present in that area of the body, not trying to picture it and creating any images, but being present to this, the sensation, the sensations that arise in this head, face, neck area. Second area is the shoulders, the arms, hands, fingers. To breathing in, just observe the sensations that arise together with the in-breath, together with the out-breath. Now be aware of all the sensations that arise in the torso, trunk of the body. As you breathe in, as you breathe out. The chest, tummy, the abdomen, the back from the base of the neck down to the coccyx, to the tailbone. Being aware of the expansion, contraction, any whatever sensations appear to consciousness, simply being aware. And the fourth area of the body from the hips downwards, the, the legs, the thighs, the knees, the shins, calves, the ankles, feet, toes, the whole lower part of the body, being aware of whatever sensation appears together with the in-breath, together with the out-breath. And finally, to be aware of the whole body. This body sitting here in the present moment, not as an image, not as an idea, but as a mass of sensations and pulses and movement arising, passing away. Breathe in, breathe out, feel the whole body breathing in, the whole body breathing out. Whatever sensation arises, whether it's in the head, the face, the neck, the arms, fingers, the torso, the legs, the feet, wherever, acknowledging, recognizing and letting that sensation pass away naturally. 
So on the sense of relaxation, but a, a bright, awake relaxation. Finding in meditation, we're seeking to find this balance between effort and relaxation. We express this balance in our posture. We express it in our, our attitude to the meditation. So this skillful means technique of getting to know, getting intimate with the breath in conjunction with sensations, first of all in the head and neck area, secondly shoulders, arms, hands, fingers, thirdly torso, fourthly the lower part of the body, and then fifthly the whole body. This can be repeated uh, a number of times. When the mind feels ready and present and reasonably free of uh, resistance and uh, confusion and agitation, and when the mind feels ready, we now focus on one particular part, one particular point in the body. Um, usually, use a and the end of the nose or a spot within the nostrils or on the upper lip. Find um, a spot in which the sensation of the breath is most clear and which you feel comfortable. And so now refining this attention, this bright, wakeful attention to the sensation of the breath centered on one point in the physical body. Now the object here is not to concentrate on the breath. What I would like to do is try to enjoy the in-breath. Enjoy the out-breath. What, what would that mean? How could you be aware of the whole duration of an in-breath in such a way as a sense of enjoyment? Enjoyment of the sensation of the out-breath for the whole of its duration. Or another, another word we might use is appreciation. This is one might appreciate a beautiful work of art. It's appreciate the in-breath. Appreciate the out-breath. Enjoy the breath. Appreciate the breath. Because if you enjoy and appreciate the sensations of the in-breath and the out-breath, then the likelihood that you'll seek memories and thoughts and um, obsessions with the external world to um, 
to occupy yourself will be much reduced. Most of the distractions and hindrances that arise in meditation are because we lack this real interest and love and devotion and appreciation and enjoyment of the process of meditation. This is the art, the skill of meditation. And when you do begin to glimpse the truth that the moment you put down all your worries and desires and insecurities and just dwell contentedly uh, with a bright, wakeful mind in the present moment, a deep sense of happiness and well-being arises. It's not something you have to find anywhere. You don't have to do anything very special. You just have to stop doing all the unhelpful things that been become accustomed to doing. Enjoying that sense of being alive and being awake and being aware and being present. So meditation is not a burden. You don't have to concentrate and have to attain and realize. All you have to do is learn how to appreciate something that's already present, already there. 